Welcome to the Camino Cafe podcast. I am so happy to have you here. If you haven't had a chance yet, I hope you will check out the new show I'm doing with Johnny Walker and a whole team of Camino Pilgrims. That's Camino News Update. We do that every Wednesday night. We're having a ball doing it, and I hope you're enjoying it as well. Well, today I am excited to have the American Pilgrims on the Camino. I have several of the board members with me, and this is the third year that we've done this annual interview and it has always proven to be very popular there's always many exciting things that we talk about so let's get to it first up we have board chair joe kuro i saw you you were in santiago after a camino that's right i remember we had a very nice lunch together and i got caught out for leaving the cafe earlier that day if you recall <laughs> but it was, it was great to see you um, that was after i did the camino portuguese and yes. had, had come in and had a, a, a brief amount of time in Santiago. Of course, my heart's yes. still there. That's why I have the background. With us today, I have Rachel Ganzon, one of our newest members, and she's going to talk to us today about uh, a little bit about our chapters. Alison Venuto is secretary of the board, and she's the most senior member out of the folks who are on the call today. <laughs> and she heads up our membership effort. And then Tom Coleman joined us last year, and he is a co-chair of, of gatherings, and he's also very interested in preserving the the history and the, the stories of American pilgrims on the Camino and, and the involvement of Americans on the Camino de Santiago. And I've been on the board myself for the last two, two years, and last month I became a chair of, of the board. Yeah. But we really truly are, are a team. All, all of us came up with a lot of different Camino experience. If you look at the board members, you probably cover just about all of the Caminos within Spain and beyond. We've had folks who walked, who of bike. Yesterday, Allison organized a great national event where one of our board members, Bill Arts, was a panelist, and they talked about biking the Camino. Amongst our board members, out of the 11, five of us have served or do serve as chapter coordinators around the country. Others of us are very involved in our chapters. At least five of us are hospitalero trained, and at least three have actually served as hospitaleros, at least three of our board members have, have volunteered in the Pilgrim's office. So we're real Camino junkies. Welcome, everyone. So glad that you're joining us tonight. And we will uh, come around and talk about all the different areas. We, we really appreciate um, you uh, having us uh, come on and give these updates. For those of you who aren't familiar with us, American Pilgrims on the Camino is the um, National Association for Many countries have uh, associations, um, friends associations for the Camino and for pilgrims and, and the association in the United States that supports those who are getting ready to do a Camino, those who are coming back from a Camino and want to meet with fellow travelers, so to speak. We also are folks who we engage in supporting the Camino. We're really pleased to, to be on here. We are an all-volunteer and we have folks from Alaska to Florida and Maine to California and everywhere in between. And some uh, folks out in uh, Hawaii, not even within the United States borders, who are, are members or who participate with American Pilgrims. We, have, we are uh, run by an 11-member board, so you're meeting four of our hardworking board members here um, yes. today. I want to touch on first, what type of membership numbers are we talking? How many people are part of the American Pilgrims on the Camino? So we've had, an as there's been an explosion of, of activity on the Camino, and Allison will be able to speak to this more when we get uh, to her segment, but there's, uh, we're hovering near 3,000 now, around 3,000. It's been just 
extraordinary. And we've also seen requests for credentials go through. The, as you may know, we that one of the things we do is we issue uh, credentials at, at no charge, just on a donativo basis. And our requests this past year were up 33%, almost 10,000. We were almost at 10,000 credentials oh. that were requested from the organizations that maps very close. And I don't know, maybe Alice, yeah. I don't know. Did you want to go around the horn? Yeah, let's go around. Okay. Yeah, let's go around. But I wanted to say, Joe, what's your local chapter? Just so people are aware oh, of me. the area. Yeah, yeah. So folks didn't pick up, and maybe you should turn on <laughs> captions when you're listening to me. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm out of Boston. So I was, until this past October, I, I was for two years, I served as Boston chapter coordinator. Fantastic. So, um, but, okay, that, and what about you, Rachel? I, in the Pacific Northwest, I'm in the Portland, Oregon area. I actually live across the Columbia River in Washington, in Ridgefield, Washington. Oh, beautiful area of the world. It is indeed. And, and- and have you walked a Camino recently in the last couple of years? Uh, 2017 was when I walked and I did the Camino Francais. I'm one of those working people that does not have time to do the entire 500 miles, but I yes. really wanted to do a, a portion of it. And so I just took that opportunity when I had it to do the first part. Yes, fantastic. I think you're in a, the same boat with a lot of people, right? And, and I don't know, I always try to stress here, it doesn't really matter how many kilometers you do. I think it's all about the intention that you put into your walk, no matter what route, no matter how far you go. And what about you, Allison? I am in the Dallas area, and my husband and I walked the Norte in 2018. We were supposed to walk the Komodo Kodo in 2020, and that did not happen. <laughs> so we walked the Inglés in 2022, and then we plan to walk from Santiago to Muxia to Finisterre this year. So in a couple months, we'll be back in Spain, which we're oh. excited about. Oh, fantastic. That's a beautiful route. All right. And last but not least, Tom. Tell us where you are in the States. I'm Joe's northern neighbor. I live in New Hampshire. And my last Camino experience was in 2019. I walked the Portuguese from Porto and then onward to Finisterre and Mutia. And looking forward, I, I will be returning this year. We sponsor a cultural trip and we'll be going to La Rioja with a group of our, what we see as ambassadors from American pilgrims. And hopefully I'll get some Camino time uh, when I'm over there. Now that you brought that up, I wanted to say I've heard such great things about that last cultural trip that you guys did. So does anybody want to speak to that? And then about this next one that's coming up, is there still a chance for people to sign up for the next one? No, already sold out. Yeah, unfortunately, it sold out quite Quickly, and it, it really is both our external relations committee and our cultural committee do a superb job. And we were really gratified by the hospitality we were showed in Nevada. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend that trip, but I'm really looking forward to this year. And it's really an association to association exchange. It, it truly is a, a cultural exchange. It's well beyond a, a travel a tour or anything like that. It is a Camino exchange and we're very grateful uh, to our Spanish counterparts. And I'll just add as a footnote, Lee, that that actually some of the representatives from the uh, Nevada Association will, will be um, joining us at the gathering this year. Oh, too. how so exciting. We, do continue, we continue those relationships. 
Fantastic. The gathering was the next topic I was going to bring up, and but I wanted to say to start off with, it looks like when you put out a notice about an offering, people better sign up quickly because things are selling out. The gathering is sold out for this year in San Antonio already. And uh, do any of you want to speak to what folks that are going, uh, if they're going to be hearing this show, what can they look forward to doing and, and seeing and meeting while we're there this year? First of all, I just want to say that all of us are very fortunate for Dave Donsler and his wife, Amy, who are just the consummate uh, gathering planners. Mm -hmm. And it's been my pleasure, my personal pleasure to work with them on the last three gatherings. And uh, so we have uh, 300 people who are attending this year. We're doing something differently. We're actually running an albergue of 100 people. And we're really excited about that. And actually, our participants are very excited, too. We've had overwhelmingly uh, positive feedback. We weren't sure um, how it would play in the United States, but uh, it, it's been really embraced, well-received. Uh, we have, I think, uh, an outstanding selection of presenters. We have three professional music acts, including our own beloved Dan Mullins, mm -hmm. and yeah. we're looking forward to him. And we're also very honored and privileged to have you, Lee, helping, <laughs> Thank you. helping to bring out the best pilgrim in each of our attendees. And yeah. so thank you. Uh, thank you for stepping forward um, to do that. We were also very excited about the 2025 gathering in Vancouver. This will be, we're deep into planning on that. We're putting this on with the Canadian Companies of Pilgrims, and we, again, will have 300 people. So this is going to be a little bit of a bed rush wow. in Camino terms, because we're going to have two, two countries going after 300 attendees slots. But we are uh, lining up wow. a truly international panel of speakers, and uh, we already will have speakers from CSJ, from the Dutch Association, Norwegian Association, several associations in Spain, perhaps France. So we're we're really looking forward to an international celebration. Tom, that sounds like that's going to be a really hot ticket. So if only 300 between the U.S. and Canada, will there be opportunities to attend just as an attendee? If, if there's not enough space to spend the night, can more people still come and just go to the sessions? We obviously, when we gather people together, it's about sharing our esteem for the Camino and for each other. So we're going to widen this as much as we possibly can. And, and thank you for holding that up. And I, I do want to say that as for a save the date, it will be from the 15th through the 17th of May in 2025. Okay. Yes. And do you know yet when registration will open? Uh, we were looking at um, probably January of that year. Yeah. All right. That's going to be exciting. What a tremendous opportunity for folks to go in and meet people from the Canada group as well as all over the world. That's going to be, how did that come about even? It's interesting. Um, when you when you actually look back in our history, we had a, we had a co-produced gathering in 2005 in Toronto. It was quite small, but with the Canadian Company of Pilgrims. The Canadian Company of Pilgrims is older than the American Pilgrims on the Camino. Mm. But since then, we've it's very it's very common we have 
Canadians attend the American gathering. And we don't really see, we see ourselves as one Camino family. And it was over a lunch conversation that this came up two years ago. And again, Dave Donsler is the one who made this happen. Yeah. How exciting. Let's talk a little bit about, let's turn to membership, Allison. Tell us some of the new things that are going on with membership. What are your goals in the next year? What, What are things looking like? Thank you. And Lee, I want to say thank you for all the partnership that you've had with American Pilgrims on the Camino. You've been a wonderful colleague in all of this and Pilgrim and helping us know more about how we can help as well. So thank you for the opportunity to share. We have seen, as in a lot of places we've talked about this, the interest in the the Camino has increased over the last few years, especially post-pandemic. We've seen our membership numbers increase in all of our categories. And for our categories, we have individual household, lifetime, and student. And those have just grown in every single category for 2023. We anticipate that will continue for 2024. We've had growth in our chapters. So these are dues-paying members that I'm talking about, but we definitely have pilgrims who are engaging in chapter activities. And the numbers of chapters are increasing over the last few years, which I know Rachel will probably talk about as well. But just that interest and appreciation for what members are doing on the Camino and with our organization. Again, we're an all-volunteer organization. And so what we try to do is as we have folks coming in, we try to look at ways that we can have them connect with the Camino either before they go or after they go, because we know that experience is so valuable to them. And we want to help with that life of the Camino that pilgrims live. So what do you think uh, is driving membership and increasing it? I think, and Rachel, again, can speak to this as well, but our chapter coordinators are fantastic. We have chapters all over the United States. They're doing incredibly engaging activities, creating mentorships for new pilgrims. We're doing national events. So even pilgrims who are maybe not so geographically connected to a chapter can still participate. Our coordinators are keeping in touch with people. We as an organization are trying to help give information about the Camino a little earlier in your membership as well. So sending out emails, hey, have you connected with a chapter? Do you know about this? So that we are also pushing out that information to our pilgrims as well. And then, of course, pilgrims have a heart for the Camino. And so because our grants program continues to fund tens of thousands of dollars for various groups in Spain, we know that people are connecting to that part of our work as well. Yeah. And that's one thing I always want to highlight when we do these interviews with the board is that where does this money go when you make that membership payment? What happens to that money? Because I think a lot of people in the past weren't aware of where those dollars and how much good is being done with the membership dues that we're paying. We Part of the money that we collect from dues does go to operating the organization and some of the basic technology tools and administrative support and, and such that we need to, to run the organization to support the chapters in some new initiatives. For example, one of our newest initiatives was to do bulk purchasing of, of shells. We, we actually, from uh, Ibar there in Santiago, ah. <laughs> to, to yeah. support shell ceremonies, the various chapters. But the Wonderful. biggest chunk of what we're expending is, is uh, to support the Camino and support the infrastructure. So in this year's budget, $100,000 budgeted for the support of nonprofit associations and albergues within Spain, Portugal, and France to help 
if it's an albergue, if they have a project where they need to replace some windows or a boiler or whatnot, or the bedding, some associations are engaged in trail marking activities, those types of grants. And it's an application, it's a competitive application process. And I know there's a lot of interest in it. We, we've uh, received, uh, I think, 60% more requests than we appropriated. Wow. So that's a discussion. Really? In addition to that, we, we've also appropriated another $60,000 in the coming year for major projects that we anticipate. One, Such I don't as- think this, this isn't any secret because we've, we've, we have discussed this in previous forums. We've been talking to some of the associations that are engaged in trying to stand up a welcome center and albergue in Madrid to support pilgrims who are flying, because we know that a lot of pilgrims are flying into Madrid before they go off to their Camino starting points, or they're doing the Camino, the Madrid um, Camino. And that's something that we have our our eye on in the future, is how can we also support some of these bigger initiatives? So I I, I think that's where the bulk of um, what what we get in donations and membership uh, dues, where where it goes. Uh, what would you say in the past year or two, what would be one of the things that uh, the organization has supported that people would be familiar with and, and be excited to hear about from a grant perspective? It may sound like a, a small thing, but we we, uh, we just keep seeing um, a, a lot from the CSJ, so the Confraternity of St. James yeah. and the UK, in their annual reports and everything, we, we keep seeing shout outs. They're, they were very uh, grateful um, for a grant we gave them on the Norte, at their albergue on, on the Norte, for some new fencing. I think they needed the fencing. I think they had issues with livestock roaming into the property and such. And so it's actually artistic fencing that the pilgrim okay. cutouts and such. And so I think that's been one that has been very, been very grateful for, for that. I know a, a lot of them, a lot of the, the grants all might not be the types of things that you'd immediately see. We, it would be new bedding, for example, or new bunks or new plumbing or whatnot. They're the types of things that we all know when we get to an albergue, we want to have a hot shower and make sure that yeah. it's working, but it's it's behind the scenes. Um, that That's what I think I would say. I, and I'll just say as an aside, I one reason I was attracted to American Pilgrims on the Camino was when I was doing my first Camino, um, I was walking up in Fonsi Badon on my way to uh, Cruz de Ferro, and there is a, uh, I think it's a parochial albergue up at the top. They actually had a little plaque outside. They'd done a renovation. They had something thanking American pilgrims on the Camino for their support. Now, we don't ask for that type of recognition or, or whatnot, but yeah. but th- this albergue happened to do it. And I, I looked at my daughter. I said, wow, that's cool. That makes me really proud. And I made sure that we kept our membership up to date after that. Yeah, so. fantastic. If somebody is sitting or listening to this show, what would be the reasons that you guys would say, please join? If you haven't already joined us as an organization of American pilgrims, here's why, here's maybe the number one and two reason we think you should join and be a part of our great group. I think one of the things that we always talk about as pilgrims is when you get together with pilgrims, 
people want to hear your Camino stories and <laughs> not everybody right in your life always wants to hear your pilgrim stories because you can yes. tell your pilgrim stories for days. So number one, the connection to other pilgrims. So you have the opportunity in various ways in, in, over Zoom, in person, when you're walking the Camino, there's lots of ways to connect with pilgrims at the gatherings, at the cultural exchanges that we've mentioned here before. So the gathering of pilgrims, number one. Number two, the information that we provide to pilgrims as well via our Facebook page, our YouTube channels. We keep folks up to date, particularly when there's a big update, if something is changing or something is different or new, we try to push that information out to pilgrims. And also pilgrims can come to our website, our YouTube pages, our Facebook page to interact with people, ask questions to say, what is it going to be like here? Or what's the next thing I should do? Or does anybody have a recommendation about this? Because we want to be a place where we're giving that information to people. And then the other thing is the connection when you come back as well can be really powerful. How do you process through that? How do you come back into your real life? How do you come back and engage maybe in new ways and different ways that you've learned on the Camino and maybe changed in some ways as well? And so I think being around pilgrims can help with all of those things. And so I'll let the others speak, but those are the, the big okay. three that come to mind for me. One of the most important places that activity happens is in our, our chapters. And I think Rachel yes. can... can um, speak to that because that's the real human one-to-one -one. We have an annual gathering. We love getting together then, but throughout yeah. the year, the chapters are playing a very important role. Yeah. Okay, Rachel, we need to get to you. Okay, so we were talking about why should somebody join? And you're heading up in an area that I think is just so close to all of our hearts. So let, let's talk about what would you say to people? Why should you join if you haven't joined yet? Absolutely. You will have interaction with other pilgrims Maybe like yourself, where you're just gathering information and you have questions, they have questions. But when you are in a chapter, you have folks that have done it and many times, multiple times. So they have this really rich wealth of information to share with you, like really logistics, preparing for your inner Camino, how to cope when you're returning. There's just a, a, a wide range of information that they can provide. In addition, the chapters have all kinds of really wonderful events. They do strolls, they do shell ceremonies, REI events, inf informational sessions at libraries, cooking classes, Spanish classes. They just really offer these really creative ways to learn about the Camino and share that, that joy that you had when you were on the Camino. So it just continues. Yeah, totally agree. I, I'm always hearing pilgrims talk about how important their local chapters are to them. How many chapters are there across the U.S. right now? We have 59, and we have several other interested states that, that want to have chapter formation. So we're working with several that are just very active in wanting to become a chapter of American pilgrims so they can also share their Camino joy. Yeah. And if somebody wanted to start a chapter, let's say they live in an area where there isn't one that's closed and they'd like to start a chapter, how would they go about doing that? Who would they contact? Yeah. So on our website, we actually do have information under the local chapters section, but they would, by filling out the form that's there, then it'll come to the chapters committee and then we can go from there and help them pursue that. Fantastic. And Tom, we don't want to leave you out. Do you have some other things you'd want to add about why someone should join right now if they haven't had a chance yet? I think when it comes down to it, we're all about sharing the love and the world needs more Camino. 
And I think I have never met anybody who was worse off by being a pilgrim. And I think that it's so affirming that we know each other are out here. And like Rachel said, the, the, the joy in a chapter, and Allison alluded, nobody understands it unless they're a pilgrim themselves. So I, I think that it's, it's so important for all of us. We sought out the Camino. We sought to become a pilgrim. It's not an accidental behavior. It's a deliberate behavior. And I think we keep that alive. We keep that candlelit in our hearts by supporting each other. And the way to support each other is to be part of a, a bigger group and to inform new people to experience this, to invite them to the Camino. The Camino really, well, people talk about there's too many people or whatever. We could accommodate that. There's no limit to love. And, and I think we can we can share the love with people. So yeah, membership is powerful. Said Tom, there's no limit to love, my goodness. So the world needs more Camino. <laughs> Did I hear that's gonna be a new slogan on a t-shirt? <laughs> I think that would be that, a big money maker. I, I added that to my to-do list, Lee. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Tom, did you just, you came up with that? We all came up with that. <laughs> I love it. I think I we, we all know that. Maybe I just accidentally said the words, but we all know that. Right? Most definitely. The world needs What the world needs now is coming <laughs> That's staying in the show, Joe. <laughs> I would love it. Okay. I think when it comes down to it, we're all about sharing the love and the world needs more Camino. And I think I have never met anybody who was worse off by being a pilgrim. And I think that it's so affirming that we know each other are out here. And like Rachel said, the, the, the joy in a chapter, and Allison alluded, nobody understands it unless they're a pilgrim themselves. I, I think that it's, it's so important for all of us. We sought out the Camino. We sought to become a pilgrim. It's not an accidental behavior. It's a deliberate behavior. And I think we keep that alive. We keep that candlelit in our hearts by supporting each other. And the way to support each other is to be part of a, a bigger group and to inform new people to experience this, to invite them to the Camino. The Camino really, well, people talk about there's too many people or whatever. We could accommodate that. There's no limit to love. And I think I think we can we can share the love with people. So yeah, membership is powerful. Said Tom, there's no limit to love, my goodness. It's, it's like a, it's like a plug league because one other thing that's <laughs> happening at the at the gathering is we have the merry band of pilgrims for our fourth fourth appearance. The oh, wait okay. to see it. So okay. we've got ever growing. We have some of the attendees at the gathering. They bring their ukuleles, bring their guitars, bring their harmonicas, bring their kazoo's, and we do a little bit of a, a set to warm folks up before Dan. Fantastic, and I that, that's that's my plug for it. <laughs> Yeah, I just interviewed Dr. Christina Jacobson. I cannot wait to see her session. She's now. playing with us. Yeah, she'll, that's what I've heard. So be... It's going to be so fun. So fun. Okay, so let's uh, talk a little bit Here about... Here we are. Here we are. Oh, wait, there we are.
the oh, merry yeah. band of hold it up a little higher merry band of pilgrims <laughs> there we are and then we got it's our fourth annual oh my gosh how fun i wanted to touch back on la concha uh phenomenal the last couple of publications have just been outstanding who is responsible for this right now because it's beautiful and so much information in it we have the, such a great communications um, team that, that's working on that. And it's been developed over the years. It was led by a succession of board members and, and continuously improved. But right now, our, our editor-in-chief, um, Amy Horton, who, who actually pulls double duty because she's a St. Louis chapter uh, coordinator as well, um, okay. has, she's a communications professional. By, by profession and she has really embraced embraced this and she her her partner in crime so to speak is Francine Mastini who's also she's Seattle area so you you might have crossed paths and Francine is also a professional she's our creative director on the the, the digital magazine and in, a, in addition to that there are probably eight to a dozen uh, volunteers who do copy editing there are multiple rounds of copy editing multiple rounds of, of proofing of the, um, the final mock-ups of, of the issue. And it, again, we keep emphasizing all volunteer and people are just giving of their, of their um, yeah. talents freely. And lastly, I'd be remiss if I didn't note that one of the membership benefits is being able to submit to La Concha. I think you mm -hmm. saw this last issue, it was all on the, the artist's way. Yeah. We have so many creative pilgrims in our organization. So Virtually everything that was submitted to La Concha, the, the articles, the reflections, the poetry, the artwork, paintings, the, the photography, it's all of our pilgrims just volunteering their time and, and, and submitting. submitting. Phenomenal. You know how, how many newsletters we all get. And this is one that I really look forward to opening up. I mean, it's just truly packed with so much great stuff. This last edition is fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about one of the things I really admire about being a member of American Pilgrims on Camino is the opportunity to give back that we provide. So can we talk a little bit about uh, the ways that we can participate and give back to the Camino? We offer, obviously, donations. That's one way that folks can give back. We also offer um, opportunities for different means of volunteering and engaging with those activities. In terms of volunteer opportunities, like Rachel said, we have chapter volunteers. So this could be either a chapter coordinator. This could be in the North Texas chapter. We have some folks who are doing different events. So they're, instead of, they're not necessarily coordinators, but they're leading different events within the chapter. We have folks who are serving as chapter coaches. So they're helping support the chapter coordinators. Obviously, board service is one of the options as well. And we also have volunteers who are going to Europe and serving. So they're serving in the pilgrim office. They're serving in our Ribadiso welcome service. They're getting trained as hospitaleros here in the U.S., but then going over to Spain um, and serving over there. So there's lots of different ways to engage. We also have needs for sometimes one-time volunteers or specific needs. I know one of the things Tom's team is looking for right now are some videographers with some editing experience and things like that. So we often have volunteer needs that are quite specific to different projects that are going on. So folks can give of their gifts to the Pilgrim community as well. And as far as opportunities to volunteer here this year in 2024, are there opportunities where people could still apply or are those spots already taken? 
especially when it comes to working at one of the albergues or Riva Diesel. Or- so, so those are two, two different processes. Okay, as far as the albergues go, so we offer hospitalero training. We're the the only organization in the United States that's authorized by the Federation of the Spanish Federation of Associations of Friends of the Camino de Santiago. Don't ask me to say it in Spanish. I can, but it will take me a long time. <laughs> we offer the training in four times a year in different parts of the country. But after that, it actually is on um, the responsibility or, or of, of the individual to apply directly to the Federation mm-hmm. and or individual albergues after receiving that training. And I think at this point, I think since we started doing this, we've trained something like 850. Ribadiso is a different story. So Ribadiso doesn't involve the cleaning or cooking that sometimes is, is, um, takes place with the hospitalero service. It's literally a welcome service through an arrangement with the Junta in, in Galicia. And we have 20 spots per year at the albergue. We have two volunteers who serve concurrently with one another. But that's an application process, which just recently closed. And I know that this year we had 68 applications for 20 spots. Wow. And we really emphasize, it's not a hard and fast rule, but we really emphasize Spanish language uh, skills for Ribadiso uh, service. And as far as some of the other opportunities, a lot of those are individually also you apply. We do have links on our website, so how to apply to the Pilgrim's Office, um, how to apply to Pilgrim House, some people like to volunteer at. Mm-hmm. I think we have a link on how to apply to the Pilgrim Office in Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Corps. We're going to put that on there. I'm not sure that's there yet. Been, we've been catching wind with some other volunteer opportunities as well that our um, external relations folks have shot our way. So that's over in Spain and over, over there. Stateside, though, uh, chapters always have a need. Um, I want to just mention, you know, Allison made reference to chapter coaches and Rachel, even though she's a brand new board member as of last month, she's no stranger to the organization. Mm-hmm. She's Portlandia chapter coordinator and she's been a, a chapter coach for quite a few years. I, I wonder if she could just say a few words about what a chapter coach is and some of the things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I think it was 2020 that... Um... Uh, some board members that worked with the chapters had asked for some volunteers to help the chapter coordinators. And so it was among other chapter coordinators and about six of us had volunteered. And uh, so our job is to really support the other chapter coordinators, whether it is like just questions about where do I find this information? What do we do when X, Y, Z? How do I get more business cards? How do I get more flyers? Technology, sometimes we have a demographic that's not as tech savvy as, as some, and we help them figure out their Google Drive or how to get their newsletters out and things like that. But we we just help them through the process. And if they have questions about operating, because many of us have been in chapters for many years, we share our wisdom with them. Let's talk a little bit about, if you look at the area that you are leading for each of you, what are some of the, the dreams that you have? If you're looking bigger vision and, and looking out over the next couple of years, what would you like to see happen within the organization? Um, so we just met as a board and we adopted a set of uh, goals. In a couple of areas, we're flushing out some of the specifics, but we have really four four big areas that we're concentrating on and we've laid out for the coming year and um, I expect will be carried through further. One is around international outreach. 
And I think you've heard some examples here today mm -hmm. about um, ways in which we try to uh, reach out to our, our partners in Spain with the Spanish associations. We also try to have regular check-ins um, with our counterparts uh, elsewhere, whether it's the, the Dutch or British or Australian, and uh, we've got a few more in the works. So that's one is international outreach. Another is around preserving our history and leaving a, a legacy, which is, um, and Tom could probably speak more to this, but we're recognizing that we're becoming a much more mature organization now at, at over mm -hmm. 25 years since the first gathering. And, and a lot of the, the folks who laid the groundwork for this uh, have got, gone on and um, we don't want to lose the, the history and the, and the story. Tom's put a lot of work into trying to capture that. We just lost one of our founders a couple of months ago, Sandy Lenthal, who, who hosted the very first gathering, I think, in her living room in Williamsburg, Virginia. Wow. So that's another area we want to really emphasize and take advantage of of hearing the, the, the stories, you know about stories and the importance um, that they bring. The third area of the four areas is um, around expanding our appeal. And we that's around expanding our appeal to different um, demographics. Our demographic does tend to be a bit older and maybe not always as, as diverse as one might expect. And we want to Share that love that, that Tom is talking about. So we've discussed ways to do that. We have an intern right now from Kansas State who's helping us with some communication strategies. And I know that our communications team is going to dig into that. And then the, the fourth one is really around organizational sustainability. And that goes, again, towards being a mature organization. And what are the ways that we can make sure that we are around and that we're able to continue funding the projects in Spain and the, and the grants and supporting pilgrims in the chapters and, and having a, a, a sustained membership uh, base and, and uh, helping folks to see the, the, the value in, their, in, in, in membership and being part of this, this community as we go forward. So I don't know if that quite answers your, your question, but that's from a board perspective. Those are the four areas that we just adopted last weekend when we met in Texas. Wonderful. Yeah, how do you reach some of the younger folks that are out there? What you know, is there a TikTok yet for American Pilgrims on the Camino? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> that is one of the things we're looking at is how broadly are we communicating with folks? And so yeah. to jump onto what Joe was saying, that's one area. Also looking at folks who are maybe working with students in some ways. We know that there are some incredible educators who are taking groups over maybe connected to churches, maybe connected with a school. There's various ways to do that, but are there ways that we could help support those groups also so that those students or those younger folks who are building a life of Camino earlier, how can we help support them as well? So those are just a couple of the examples. Yeah, a good idea. Uh, what about the rest of you? Are there any goals or you know a vision that you, you know, maybe how the organization continues to evolve? Any dreams that you have? Lee, just to draft on something that Joe said earlier, uh, we, we are maturing as an organization. And uh, obviously, we're in the United States. We're not on the Camino. We're not in Europe. But it looks like in our maturity, we're actually developing what you could term a diplomatic relationship with some of our other associations. And we embrace that because that is our reach. That is our embrace over the ocean, right? And so one of, one of the things that we're very hopeful 
that we've engaged in is John Briarly actually reached out to the American pilgrims on the Camino shortly before his passing. And I, I was fortunate enough to meet with him and several other people. And he had a vision about the Camino Portuguese from mm -hmm. Lisbon. And so we're working with a steering group of other world organizations. And we're hopefully and optimistically moving forward to help to help bring that vision to fruition and to honor John Briarly by planting an albergue 20 miles north of Lisbon and promoting that route as a, as a viable alternative to a long-distance uh, Camino route. And we, as an organization, we're honored to be a part of that. And we just, we just, it was wholeheartedly embraced, both to honor John Briarly's legacy and to the privilege of working with our international partners. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And yeah. I want to give a shout out to Ruben Mendoza, who's one of our yeah. board members. He has done, and his team of volunteers have done an extraordinary job building these links. And I just want to say thank you to him and his team of volunteers. Yeah. When you say links, Allison, elaborate on, on what you're talking about with Ruben in case someone doesn't know. The things oh, that sure. Just to continue what Tom was saying with setting up regular meetings with other like groups so that we have better connections. We're, we're not, who is this person or who is this or what do they do? And how can we maybe come together, like Tom was saying, and support some projects or support some pilgrims in ways that we've not talked about, or, or are they doing activities in a different country that maybe we need to look at here? And so I think any kind, any time that we're able to link in those ways makes pilgrims have better opportunities to walk. Yeah. Yeah. And fantastic. Just, yes, just Rachel. Um, oh. if, if I can, I'm sorry, I just want to draft in there. I, Allison's completely accurate on that. And I just want to also say that it was through one of our volunteers at the Pilgrim Office, Tom Labyrinsky, who was also a, a board member, and talking to Johnny Walker Santiago, who is a very valuable friend uh, that we really treasure, that came about, that contact with John Briarly. So it's working. Uh, it's working. And we really want to hold up Johnny Walker Santiago for his good offices. He's the one who brought that group together. Yes, fantastic. All right. So to close this up, if somebody is listening to this interview, we are five pilgrims sitting here who obviously care very much about the Camino and about the experiences that we've all had. If somebody's listening or watching tonight, what would you say to encourage them to walk that very first Camino? Why don't we defer to Rachel? Because I know she had a few things in her mind too, and maybe she can weave it together. Yeah. My, my thought was that I just want to touch on that question about dreams. And one of my dreams is that everybody in the U.S. will associate Camino de Santiago. Oh, that would be American pilgrims. Because we can share what we know about the about what to expect and how valuable and transformative a pilgrimage is and to not be afraid because there are many pilgrims here to help. Anyone want to add to that? When I think of, of us, I think I, I heard 
and I, I think a lot of us probably heard this is a, an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, walk alone. If you want to go far, walk together. And I think we're here to walk together with pilgrims and to, to support them throughout their journey. We all know how meaningful this experience has been in, in our lives. And I think we, we want to bring that to pilgrims throughout the United States and also in conjunction with our partners around the world. And we know that, that walking together, we, we will go far. We're all going to be in San Antonio soon. Can't wait to see everyone and to enjoy this great agenda that you've put together. Certainly the last annual open house was fantastic with Rick Steves and Martin Sheen. That just really got me excited about coming to this year's gathering. So I cannot wait to be there and be with 300, over 300 American pilgrims. Is that right, Tom? Over 300 will be there. What a pilgrim gathering that's going to be. So thank you for giving us this update. It's a joy to hear about all the good that's coming out of this coming together of American pilgrims. I want to thank each and every one of you for the service that you are giving back to this organization so that we can all have the opportunity to volunteer, to learn more about the Camino. I can't even imagine how many hours you are putting into your jobs individually and how many hours as an organization um, are being given. So I just want to thank each of you for your service because I, I know this is no small job. You guys have very full lives and you also want to walk more Caminos. So thank you for serving in this way and giving back so that more pilgrims can realize the benefit of walking a pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago. So thank you so much. Thank you for your service to the pilgrim community, Lee. Thank you. Oh, you're very thank welcome. Thank you for having us. You're very welcome. Yeah, thank you for it having us. It's a joy. <laughs> it has been my joy to have you here tonight. I'm going to close out the show. You guys stay on, please, so that we can say goodbye. But if you haven't yet joined American Pilgrims on the Camino, I think tonight you have heard a million reasons why you should join. And if you haven't yet gone to any type of activity with your local chapter, please go. Your family only wants to hear so much about your Camino. This is your opportunity. It is a session where you can go and talk about all things Camino all night. And everyone's going to want to hear your story, just like we hear stories with each other when we're walking. So if you haven't joined, please join. And if you are a member, get active. And if you have a skill that is needed, please volunteer and be a part of this wonderful volunteer group who is furthering and paving the way for future pilgrims. Thank you, everyone. And oh, don't forget to watch Camino News Update. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone.